This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet and we'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, listeners, to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast coming at you live January the 14th, 2021. Mr. Jay Swa, what what do you have in store for us today? Um, we are going to be looking at the division games and um, reviewing last week's bets that I had. Um, we're, we're pretty successful and, and that'll be pretty much it. Uh, have a, it's definitely not nearly as, as heavy of a volume week this week, um, but definitely going to go through each game. There's only four games this weekend. They're all excellent, I, I feel. Um, and, and yeah. Kinda, They're all excellent in what way? Just going to be able, just great matchups. I, I just they're really interesting. Mm. Um, the only game over a touchdown is Browns Chiefs, and I still think that game's going to be really really fun to watch for a variety of reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the worst quote unquote game is is the Rams Packers game, and that has Aaron Rodgers in it. Um, you know, that has Lambeau Field, that has a, a really good defense with the Rams. So it's just it's just no no like terrible teams involved. Um, but also just no no absolute locks. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a great week. I dig it. Let's get into it. All right. Well, before we get into it, um, glad we we did all those uh, pre-show notes. Uh, we're gonna review the bets. Uh, so last week I went four and two, uh, but my two uh, smallest plays were the losers. That was the skins team total under 17 and a half. Uh, Taylor Heineke. I don't know if you saw this at all, but this guy essentially making his like second ever start played amazing uh and, and the and the washington football team still lost by eight points uh, but they did score i think 24 points uh, so lost that uh, and i also had the bills minus six and a half uh the colts uh only lost by three colts very sure uh, very easily could have won that game probably even should have won that game we'll talk about that when we talk about the bills uh lost that but the other four bets um i had bills pick Teased down to a pick with the Buccaneers. Teased down to two points. That one, I had two units on that. I had the Rams plus three and a half. That one, they obviously won outright. Um, I had the Rams teased to uh, nine and a half with the Bucks also to minus two. That one, and then I had the, the mega bet on the Ravens five units uh, minus three. Um, that one, they won by a touchdown. Um, so definitely a successful week. I also mentioned about Alabama uh, betting them pregame at like minus eight, minus nine. And then if they fell down at all in the game, betting more, um, they never f- were losing in the game. Uh, but I did actually bet live a little bit on Alabama and, uh, and, and easily won that, which was, which was fun. Uh, so a very good week. Uh, and hopefully can give you some insight, a couple of picks, but some insight uh, in how to look at these games. So uh, you ready to talk about these games there, Rob? Let's hit it. So uh, Rams at Packers, that is the first game. That's a Saturday at 4.35 uh, Eastern time, 2.35 Arizona time. Uh, this game is, is really interesting. So the spread is 6.5 for the Packers. It's the lowest total of the week at 45.5. So on the Rams, you, you kind of have – they just pulled an upset against the Seahawks. Um, they have a really the dominant defense, uh, but they have Jared Goff as quarterback who just had surgery on his hand a couple weeks ago. Uh, also a noted Jared Goff hater. 
Uh, last week I bet on the Rams when golf, I wasn't expecting golf to play. He did not start, um, but their start, their backup quarterback who was starting got injured. So golf was forced to come in. He actually did play fairly decently. Um, so I can't hate on him too, too much. Um, but uh, yeah, the Rams really is the Rams coaching that has gotten them this far and their defensive talent. They have some studs on defense. Um, and on the other side, you have the Packers who were on a bye last week because they are the number one seed. Um, they have arguably one of the best offenses in football, probably the best offense in the NFC. Um, this is also the probably the biggest home field advantage there is in football because they didn't play last week. And you have the Rams, an indoor team, also a, a you know a fair weather um, quote unquote team coming to a cold environment. It's not supposed to snow, but a little windy, low thirties in Lambeau field. Um, also with a quarterback with an injury, uh, as far as betting this game, I want nothing to do with it. Uh, I do think the the line's a little high at six and a half. If I was forced to bet, I would pick the Rams at six and a half. Um, but that being said, I didn't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers under a touchdown in Lambeau field. Um, so I will not be betting this game at all. Um, but like I said, if I was forced to pick, I would take the Rams plus six and a half. Uh, just the way I look at it, it's, it's just, you know, you, you look at a pro at one side and then there's an, a, another pro at another side in terms of, you know, a reason to bet each team. I, I would say the Rams have a slight coaching advantage. Um, I, I do think the Packers have a good coach. Um, but I just think the Rams, uh, Sean McVay and, and also the Rams defensive coordinator, um, they're probably the best one, two combo in the league in terms of offense and defensive coaches. Um, but then again, then you have golf's injury, right? And then you look at, um, you know, how great of a defense that the Rams have. And then you look at, well, this is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, which has pretty much been the best wide receiver quarterback combo. So really just going back and forth, I, I don't want any part of it. Um, one thing I will mention, uh, a, a big matchup will be Devonte Adams, a stud wide receiver. Um, how often will Jalen Ramsey, the stud cornerback be on him? Uh, so last week, Jalen Ramsey was on, uh, DK Metcalf, the Seahawks stud receiver about 66% of the time. Um, we're going to be interested to see if that's more or less. Um, but yeah, just, just could go back and forth too many times. I, I, I don't want to touch this game. Any thoughts or feelings before we move on to the next one there, Rob? I feel like this is a game that I would have guessed that you were probably betting with a uh, fairly big spread and low total, but I get why you wouldn't. Just a lot of a lot of variables in there. Absolutely, and and you're right. You know, when when you do see a big spread and a low total, I would automatically look to the the underdog. Which, like I said, if I was forced to bet, I would take the Rams here. Um, but the two things that are keeping me off of it, and if if one of the two weren't happening, I would be on the Rams. But the one thing is the golf injury, um, and they have Blake Bortles as their backup. So um, the normal backup who started last week, he's out for this game. So if golf gets pulled, all right, now you have Blake Bortles who wasn't even on the team like three, four weeks ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And the second thing is the home field advantage. So the Packers had a bye last week, which is major this time of year, um, to be rested last week, whereas Los Angeles had to go to Seattle and then travel back home and then prepare and now travel to green Bay. So um, because both of those things are happening, I, I wouldn't bet it, but let's say this is next week where the Packers weren't coming off a buy. I would, pro- I would be on the Rams. Um, but yeah, yeah. Very good point. You brought up your, your pattern recognition uh, recognition is really good here after two seasons uh, of the podcast. Uh, I'm very impressed. Very <laughs> Fucking impressed. better be. <laughs> 
um, for the, the afternoon game or evening game, I should say out here in the East coast where uh, I am. So we have the Baltimore Ravens traveling up to beautiful Buffalo to play the Buffalo bills. Uh, the bills are a favorite a two and a half point uh, favorite. And I think they, I understand why they're a favorite. Um, the, the totals at 50. Um, but one note, while I do think that it's understandable why the bills are a favorite based on how they've played this year. Um, I just wanted to note that preseason, if this game was played up in Buffalo, the spread would probably be six, maybe four for the Ravens. So just to show you how much has changed throughout the year. And, and a lot of it is justifiable, but just as you know, it's just one of those things where, um, a lot has changed since the beginning of the season. Um, as for last week, the bills were lucky to win. Um, I was more about how the Colts played. Um, the also the Colts got a little unlucky with variance in terms of turnovers, fourth down conversions. Uh, the Colts just played a really good game. And I mentioned it last week where I, I knew the Colts were going to give you a professional game. Um, that's really what they did. And they also got unlucky. Um, but they, you know, they didn't beat themselves. Didn't really turn the ball over too, too much. Didn't convert on some fourth downs where Matt, which is massive in terms of leverage, uh, for a win percentage. Uh, but the bills to their credit, they won. Um, but the bills definitely played a C plus B minus game. Uh, but there's something to said about still pulling out a victory with that. Um, so you don't want to fall victim to recency bias. This is still a team that has won, I think 11 out of its last 12 games. And the only game it lost in that time was the Arizona Hale Murray. I don't know if you remember that one, Rob, but, mm-hmm. um, so essentially the bills should be like on a 12 game winning streak right now. So totally justifiable. I've been high on the bills. Um, I just think, uh, this is, this is two really good teams meeting each other. Um, and I, I do have a bet on the Ravens and it, it comes down to, to a couple of things. Uh, the first, I think the clearest advantage in this game is the Ravens defense is better than the bills defense. And I know we talked about how defense isn't that important. Um, but that is clearly the biggest advantage. Uh, I would say the bills offense is probably a little bit better than the Ravens offense. And that the tiebreaker is, is because the bills throw the ball. Uh, and throwing is is better than than running, but the way the Ravens run the ball is very unique. Um, so I, I would give a slight edge to to the Bills there. I would say special teams. I would give to the Ravens. Justin Tucker did miss a kick last week, but he's still the best kicker pretty much in NFL history. Uh, and then I would say coaching is pretty much a wash. Um, I think the offense coordinator for the Bills is great. I think the coach is great for the Bills, but I also think the offense coordinator and um, also defensive coordinator and coach for the Ravens are, are great. So I'll give that a wash. And then I'm just going to give a slight lean to experience and organization to the Ravens. Um, the Bills won their first playoff game in, I think, 25 years last week. Um, you know, week 16, they beat the Patriots uh, and to clinch the division. I mean, they've done a lot of celebrating, um, but. It's almost, and, and this is very narrative-y, so I don't, I'm not putting a lot of stock in this. But like I said, when you have two, two teams so closely matched, you do have to examine everything. And I kind of just feel like the Bills, they don't have the experience as an organization of being here. Um, not that the Ravens with Lamar Jackson have a lot of experience, but the Ravens as an organization has tons of playoff experience. Um, and, and I just think those, those, those one or two little play calls and, and, and plays, which is really, this game's going to come down to it. I mean, this, this is a range of outcomes and, and I would probably say this is probably 50, 50 in terms of who wins. Um, but the biggest leverage points are going to be turnovers and play calling and, and those like kind of just those softer things that are just really hard to predict. And they were also just noisy. They are noisy. Um, so if you're going to give me the Ravens where it's kind of like flipping a coin, right? If someone's going to pay you for a hundred dollars and they say, all right, well, if you get the heads right, then you're going to get $110. So now you got a, a total of 210 bucks. 
you're going to take that bet every day, every day of the week. Right. So, um, I do think this is a true coin flip. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens, um, essentially plus 120. So that's 1.2 of my bet. So if I bet a hundred dollars, I would get uh, 120 bucks. So for 220 uh, bucks total, but I'm also going to tease this game up to eight and a half. I think this is a really close game. I don't think either team's going to be out of it. Um, but yeah, that, those are my thoughts on this game. Thoughts, feelings. Um, how do you feel there, Rob? A couple things. Uh, did you mention a coaching advantage? Um, I, I, I'd say, I'd say it's a wash. I think the coaching is a true wash because I have tons of respect for both. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about talent, so if we're talking about expertise versus experience, the expertise I think is is pretty much a wash. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the experience is lends itself to the Ravens. Okay, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and and I don't put a lot of weight in that, but like I said, when you have two closely ma- uh, matched teams, uh, I feel that way. And then okay. you might say, well, the Bills have home field advantage. Well, home field is pretty much negligible um, this year with the lack of fans and just um, it's also happened last year and and the margins being smaller and smaller just with better travel and, and preparations. Um, so, yeah, that's how I feel about this one. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game to watch. Um, Josh Allen. Uh, he's been great this year, but you know, I think Lamar and them, and I mentioned the similarities between these two teams last week. Remember when I said that the bills reminded me of the Ravens last year where they were the hot team, everyone was, you know, jumping on and then they were, they were almost too hot if that makes any sense. Uh, and I think the Ravens now kind of flowing, flying under the radar all year, um, underwhelmed for most of the year, but it seemed like then they started retooling and, and getting things in order. And they also had the COVID issues. Um, now it just, to me, the, the Ravens are kind of there now this is when they're peaking in terms of, I mean, obviously the bills are peaking too, right? They've won the, all these games in a row, but I, I just feel like the Baltimore is a year ahead of Buffalo. I think these are just such, such similar franchises, such similar teams. I just think Baltimore is a year ahead plus all the expertise they have. So got it. And you said the bet is actually to tease up to, Eight and a half. So you've got Baltimore to lose right. by no more than eight. Exactly. And I, I also did bet them on the money lines, um, mm-hmm. but I get I get it better than um, my, you know double my money if they if they win. Right. Uh, so like, like I said, it's a, it's a coin flip. But I, instead of you getting paid for fifty percent, you're getting paid for fifty five percent. You know, right. so it's it's plus EV. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense to people out there. Um, anything else before we go to the Sunday games, Rob? No, I'm just excited to apply my extensive knowledge of teasing to uh, whatever the other side of this teaser is. Okay, well we'll tease. We'll we'll, um, we'll do a little tease here about teasers. Uh, I want you to tell me which game I'm going to tease. I'm going to go through both games. I won't mention the game I teased because remember you have to do it with two games, uh, and then I'll have you pick which game you think I teased. All right. So now we have the Browns at the Chiefs, and I think this might be just as much of an exciting game. Uh, as any of the others, even though the spread is 10 for the Chiefs, um, the the total is the highest of the week at 57 points. There will be points in this game, not a doubt on that. Um, but just a couple of things I want to uh, mention to you all is the Chiefs, they haven't won a game by double digits since November 1st. So o- over two, mo- two and a half months since they've won a game by double digits, and they are favored by, by double digits in this in this playoff game. Um, 
they the last time they were favored by 10 points was against the Carolina Panthers. And you know I love me my my Carolina Panthers there, Rob. But mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers are are not not that good of a football team. They just aren't. They're just talent-wise, they're not there. Well coached, you know, play hard, blah, 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 but just not that good of a football team. So now you're telling me a Browns team that I don't think are necessarily like Super Bowl contenders, but they're they're clearly a I mean, they've won what 11, 12 games this year. I mean, they're they're a good team. Um, is the same as that. I, I definitely have a little cause for concern there. So I think strictly by math, I think taking the Browns here plus 10, uh, especially if you got to 10 and a half, I think that's a good bet. I think you, you have expected value in that bet. I myself am not making that bet though. Um, and here's a couple of reasons why. The first is the Browns are very susceptible to, um, even if they were to have a lead, to, to letting teams uh, put up points quickly. Uh, so last week they gave up 27 second half points to the, the Steelers. Uh, the Browns were up four touchdowns in the first half. So I get where you want to play a little bit of conservative and Hey, let them, you know, you want to let them pick up yards and score. Um, but still the Steelers offense is not that good. I mean, we, we've been talking for two months now, how bad the Steelers are and they got, got, um, but to, to let, you know, four touchdowns in the second half to that offense, that's quite, uh, worrisome. This also happened in week 13. The Browns went up by four touchdowns in that game, and uh, the Titans scored four touchdowns in the second half. So I'm also, I'm saying all this because if the Browns are to come out and take any sort of a lead, I really like betting on the Chiefs live here. Anything under a touchdown, it's very similar to Alabama, um, where I, clearly the Chiefs are the better team. I just hate the, the pregame line uh, because, like I said, the Chiefs just they play with their food. They, they know how good they are and you know, you, you could say they, they know they're, they're this good. So they kind of just dick around. I don't think that's necessarily it. I think it could be, they they've been saving themselves for the playoffs. Even if that narrative is true, they rested their players in week 17 and they had a buy last week. So they haven't played a real game in three weeks. So to me, I, I, I there's just so many things pointing to the Browns starting out strong and then the Chiefs just flipping the switch whenever they so choose. And if you remember last year, the Chiefs were uh, down double digits in all three of their playoff games, and they mm-hmm. came back to win all three. Um, so it just kind of is a perfect storm of the Chiefs coming from behind here. Um, so, And the Browns are full of false confidence. I don't think the Browns are, are world beaters, but they just they also just won their first playoff game in like 17 years or 18 years. Uh, and they did it against the Steelers, who's a division rival. So they're on cloud nine. And the thing about false confidence is, is false confidence is confidence until it gets hit in the mouth, right? That's that's the thing about false confidence is it, it really is still confidence until someone proves you otherwise, if that makes any sense. So I think they're going to come in here with plenty of false confidence, uh, and they're going to start out well. Um, also coupled with, I think the Chiefs are – for a variety of reasons, they starting slow, also having three weeks essentially off from playing a meaningful game. Um, so if you do want to take the Browns first half here, that's, that could be a potential bet, but the bet I really want is I'm hoping the Browns go up and then I'll take the chiefs um, to, to live at somewhere, maybe uh, four points, three points, two and a half points. Um, that would be optimal. They have to win by, by two and a half point. If I can get under a field goal, that's amazing. Uh, but if I steal, if I start seeing the chiefs wake up a bit, I, I'm comfortable anything under a touchdown, um, thoughts, feelings, uh, about that one, Rob checks out. 
checks out from my end. Pretty pretty narrative driven for you, which you you already mentioned. But um, yeah, I mean, these are grown men playing football, but they're still susceptible to those same false confidence. Not having played in three weeks, uh, have not heard you say play with their food before on this podcast. That's a pretty funny metaphor, but I get it and it checks out with. The earlier things we were talking about with the Chiefs not covering, they don't fucking cover. They play with their food. Right, right. They don't cover, and and there's natural uh, inflation because you know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, and mm-hmm. everyone, they're, everyone's drunk uncle wants to bet on the the Chiefs. So, I mean, I think a fair price here would probably be seven, seven and a half. Um, but given all those things. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Browns bet. If anyone wants to take first half, I think six and a half. I think if it got to seven, I would actually take the Browns first half. I mean, that, that's just kind of egregious in, in my book, um, but I don't expect it to get to seven. But I'm cool with if you want to take six and a half, anybody out there, if you want to take 10 or even 10 and a half, if, if you wait and get 10 and a half, I think that's a great bet actually. But for me, it's like, I don't want anything to cloud my judgment when I'm watching this game. Right, I don't want to be like, oh, maybe I should wait a little longer because I have the ten and a half. I want it to be as soon as that moment feels right um, to hit the button for the Chiefs. Um, and of course, this situation might not happen. Right, the Chiefs might come up and just destroy them. Well, guess what? We lost nothing. Right, mm-hmm. so it, people, people, you know, don't force it. And we're, we're hoping this situation occurs. But if this situation occurs, I'm totally comfortable with two, three unit size bet on this because stars are aligning. Chiefs. Yes, they haven't covered in since November first, but they're fourteen and two on the year, and one of their losses was Week Seventeen when Patrick Mahomes and all their starters didn't play. So this team's really only lost one game all year. Mm-hmm. So if we can get them where the spread and their goal as a team, which is to win the game, are aligned, we want that, right? They have yep. no interest in winning by by eleven points. That doesn't help them. They don't get they don't get a buy because they win by a thousand points, right? So mm-hmm. if we can get if we can get this team aligned with their goal, which is just to win by one or a million, um, that, that is a good bet. And that's what we're looking for this week. So that's really my favorite bet of the week, but it's a bet that may not happen. Um, yeah. 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 So anything before we get to the last game? No, no. I like that. It's a oh. uh, only a hypothetical bet. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Tampa Bay at New Orleans uh, in, in, a, in a city near and dear to our hearts there. Uh, Rob, uh, we have Tampa Bay for the third time trying to take down the Saints. They've they were owned two uh, in their previous attempts. Week one, the Tampa Bay played the New Orleans in New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans won by double digits, but it was it was kind of a fluky game. First of all, Tampa Bay had so many new pieces this year, uh, and they were trying no preseason games, things of that nature, trying to mesh it all together. Plus, they had a couple turnovers uh, go their way, the Saints' way. So I think that was kind of fluky. Uh, they played again midseason. I want to say maybe week 10, 11, and it was quote unquote Tom Brady's worst game in his career, not just him, but for his team. Uh, the Saints absolutely destroyed them. I think they won by 40 points. Um, clearly, the Saints are a better team. Um, the spread is three, total is um, 52. I don't know if they're a three point better team, uh, but I'm not looking to bet that. Uh, and I'm not betting at three. Now, if they got to three and a half, I would definitely take the Buccaneers. Uh, it comes down to the Saints have the better defense. They have better coaching. And they have a, they finally have all their offensive pieces. Michael Thomas was out most of the year. He came back last week against the Bears, had a touchdown. 
Um, but the Buccaneers have a better quarterback and a better overall passing game, better receivers. And we know that passing the ball offense, but especially passing the ball is the most important thing. Uh, I think an interesting way to bet this is to maybe take the Bucks futures. So if the, I, I think right here, this could be the quasi NFC championship game. So I think if the Bucks win this game, they're going to go up to either, they'll either travel to the Packers and they'll probably be a one or two point underdog. Or if they were to win and the Rams were to beat the Packers, the Bucks would host the Rams, who would be traveling for the third week across the country with potentially still an injured quarterback. The Buccaneers would probably be a three, maybe four point favorite in that game. So right now you can get the Buccaneers at three to one, or excuse me, about three and a half to one. And I think that could be a good bet if you wanted to bet that. Um, you mean to be I, NFC champions? To be NFC champions. Okay. Yes. I, I don't want anything to do with the AFC. I think the AFC has potentially the three best teams in it with the the Ravens, Bills, and Chiefs in no particular order. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just to bet the NFC. Uh, And I think if you shop around, you can get a good price on that. Um, So I definitely do think it's a bet at three and a half if it gets there. Uh, Right now it's at three, and it's kind of leaning towards um, New, New Orleans potentially becoming three and a half point favorite. I do. I would play Tampa Bay at three and a half there. Um, but I do think kind of a better way would be bet through the futures because uh, they clearly no one would be shocked if Tampa Bay wins this game. I think the three points implies about a 45% chance of them winning, not far off from a coin flip. Um, and I, I think maybe the true odds would maybe be two and a half to three would probably be the right spread factoring everything in. Uh, but Tampa Bay has been the pretty much the best offense since their buy. They had a buy week. 12 or week 13. Now, granted, they haven't played anybody, but their offense has been as good as anybody. So you've kind of factor in the fluid situation of the fact that this is a team week one that a lot of these guys, you know, they're me- they're coming down from New England or your guy other pieces you're signing. They they sign Antonio Brown, I think week eight, week nine. Um, and he's tr- become a starter now recently. Uh, you know, this is ter- clearly a team on the uptick. Um, so yeah. Thoughts, feelings about that game, and then which game uh, of the of the three? So you know I'm teasing uh, ba- uh, the Baltimore up to eight and a half. Which other game do you think I'm teasing here? Yeah, I guess I'm. It's funny to me that Saints Bucks is this close. I mean, it makes sense on paper two football teams that are like pretty close to as good as each other, but the volatility of outcomes just feels high to me. Like two two good offenses in a, in a dome in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like the range of outcomes is pretty wide, so it's funny to me to see a tight, uh, tight spread. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but um, it, it means it's like a little bit less meat on the bone to bet on, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention, and, and I'm glad you you mentioned this again, is this is the third time they're playing because they're division uh, opponents. Now, the mm-hmm. only way you can play a team three times is if you are in the same division. So the narrative is it's quote unquote hard to beat a team three times. And it's not because it's hard to beat them three times because, oh, you know, hey, we beat you guys twice and now they're going to be really, you know, ready to play us. It's like, no, this is a professional athlete. It's like Saints are going to be just as ready to beat the Buccaneers as the Buccaneers are to beat the Saints, right? The Bucs aren't going to be extra motivated because they lost twice already, right? That's not how this works. Um, the reason it's hard to beat a team three times is because of the familiarity. And familiarity brings those range of outcomes closer. So I think mm-hmm. that may answer your question, which is totally actually really impressive that you came to that conclusion because you're exactly right. Two good offenses in a dome. Why isn't this total 55? Why isn't this total 56? And the reason is, is familiarity. Division mm-hmm. opponents know each other. So 
instead of starting the game plan from scratch on a Monday, it's like, all right, well, hey, week one, here was our game plan. Here's what we liked. Here's what we didn't like. Hey, week eight, when we played them, we made this tweak. It was a good tweak. We made this tweak. It was a bad tweak. Let's scratch that. You know what I'm saying? So you're not mm-hmm. starting from square one. Familiarity lends itself to um, a closer game and really an underdog, unless there's a drastic coaching mismatch. And I do think the Saints clearly have better coaching, um, but I don't think the, the Buccaneers necessarily have bad coaching. But I just mm-hmm. – there's definitely an advantage with the Saints. And that's, that's what's really keeping me away from betting on the Bucs. Um, so – does that yes. answer your question? Anything else about that? Okay. No, great. no. Your other teaser, you're teasing the Chiefs down to four. No. What? All right, fine. <laughs> I'm teasing the Buccaneers up to nine. Uh, and the reason is, is because of what we just talked about. The familiarity, mm-hmm. um, the good offense. I, I yep. can't see a scenario where it's ironic because the saints did blow their doors off in week eight or nine or whatever it was, but I just can't see a scenario where the saints go up by two, three touchdowns and Brady, the way the offense is playing for the Buccaneers right now, that they're out of the game. Right. right? Even if they're out two, three scores, the Buccaneers can, you know, backdoor covers what we call it, like a meaningless touchdown to get mm-hmm. them within that number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's my teaser and I'm sticking to it. Um, so just a brief recap, taking the Ravens money line. Um, I, I'm i also waiting to see if it gets to three. I would put a small bet on three. And if you haven't made a bet yet, I would wait to see if it does get to three. I think plus three is a great bet rather than money line. I'm just expecting it never to get to three, but could he easily be wrong here? Uh, and I'm also teasing the Ravens up to eight and a half with the Saints, or excuse me, with the Buccaneers teased up to nine. Uh, but my favorite bet of the week is one that we might not make is the Chiefs, if we can get them ideally under a field goal live, um, if it doesn't look like we're going to get them under a field goal, anything uh, under a touchdown is fine as well. Uh, thoughts, feelings uh, about anything we talked about this week, anything in your personal life, uh, or how about politics? Do you want to talk politics before we end the show? Let's do another 30 minutes just on politics. Uh, no, dude, let's talk, let's talk fantasy basketball real, real quick. Okay. What you got, dude? What do you got this week? What are you watching? James Harden trade. What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, this is why I was shocked that James Harden went two overall um, because he just pretty much demanded a trade. <laughs> it was like a post game conference, just said like we suck. I hate and this. Then, yeah, yeah. Is like, and then the GM's like, okay, like we'll trade you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the big winner is the OKC uh, future first rounders because <laughs> they have all of Houston's future first rounders. So if they rebuild here, um, Oklahoma City just is. is the 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 boon to the economy that <laughs> James Harden being traded here, uh, which is ironic, right? Because they started with Oklahoma City, right. full circle there. Um, but yeah, um, we have some some teams that uh, are really good from guys that don't really update. So shout out to Jubba in first place in, in your division. Yep. Um, Braden uh, had a good week last week. Uh, yep. Glad he he started playing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun, man. I I'm really enjoying it, especially with football coming to an end uh it's nice to keep an eye on the nba but i'm also very glad i didn't do real basketball leagues with all of these postponements and coronavirus and, and god knows what else yeah yeah so hopefully this is the last year we have to do it it's just fun being a casual fan of a sport um totally. yeah thoughts for yourself how's your team doing how's the ad pick i know you went ad uh first overall i trolled you a little bit for it how's that going 
It's not going great. He has been weirdly like a uh, game time decision like every night, which I actually mm-hmm. wasn't expecting. I thought he was going to get just higher usage. Giannis would have been the best first first overall pick, so probably not ideal there. Uh, I had Giannis last year. I don't know why I thought I had to over-engineer that, but, but probably yeah. wrong. I was shocked about that. And then we talked about that in the podcast, but um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm glad uh, Anthony Towns is healthy. He's back in my lineup and uh, let's see, when do I, when do I play you? I'll play you for a while. Week nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I got Kyrie. So I got to figure out some shit to do. I don't not know what's going on there. He hasn't played in a week. It's fucking me up. Yeah. And they even like said why it's like personal reasons, right? It's like, what? Uh, yeah. The video leaked of him having a party, which is against protocol. Uh, yeah, not good. Yeah, classic. Fucking Instagram narked him out. God, I, I just one thing if I could wish, and I, Santa Claus didn't bring it to me was I just wish there was more social media in the world. It would just solve so many problems. <laughs> yeah. so, we need it in more places. We need more cameras recording more things. Absolutely, context is meaningless. Uh, right. On that note, uh, I think we'll see everybody next week for the conference preview. Sweet, let's do it. All right. Peace.